Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 55 of the J Situation podcast. I'm recording this on March 23rd, 2021. Man, hope you guys are doing well. I'm doing pretty good. This week is already off to a crazy busy start, but that's just how we like it, isn't it? <laughs> Got those crazy eyes. No, um, maximum productivity overdrive. Got to change the world. The only way to do that is consistent effort. <laughs> no, I, I sound like David Goggins. Have you, dude, have you ever seen David Goggins? That guy is super motivating, but also super scary, frankly. I, I don't know. Hey, that guy probably needs to relax a little. I was thinking, you know, I was thinking that, you know, then again, I was thinking about that. If he relaxed, he wouldn't be as motivating. You know what I mean? So maybe that dude's, maybe he just shouldn't relax. Maybe that guy should just be like balls to the wall all the time. I don't know. Man, I tested a lot of silencers this past weekend. One of the most challenging test programs I have ever performed, I think, but it was a success. And you know, you may be asking yourself, silencers? What the heck is this guy talking about? Well, you know, silencers are just tools in a gun person's toolbox. I think I would say silencers enhance your shooting experience by making things quieter and also cooler. Because at the end of the day, why do we do this? To look cool. <laughs> right? <laughs> Speaking of silencers, though, I do have a pretty neat announcement. And something I think is definitely worth mentioning. Um, I do want to welcome a new podcast sponsor. And yeah, I mean, the J Situation podcast is now proudly sponsored by Silencer Shop. The most efficient and intelligent way to purchase silencers. As a silencer consumer, Silencer Shop is not only my dealer of choice, but also my infrastructure of choice. They've done a lot of cool stuff, like create an easy system that minimizes the likelihood of errors in your paperwork. Um, they pioneered the use of a QR code on the actual Form 4 so that the ATF can scan the code instead of inputting all your data themselves. It's, it's crazy, man. There's a reason they've grown. They continue to innovate. Silencer Shop has a network of dealers nationwide where silencers are legal. You can use the kiosk and their services and in turn cut down on errors and simplify your silencer purchasing process. Think about it, guys. Silencer Shop really is a one-stop shop where you can do everything from buy a silencer and a tax stamp to form a trust online and digitally sign your Form 4 all from the comfort of your own home. Submitting all of your biometric and personal data is super simple. You know, it's super simple using their, their kiosk. All of your personal information is stored safely. It's encrypted in their systems for easy access when you need it for the forms. You never have to hassle with ink or fingerprint cards ever again when it comes to buying a silencer. They even have a money-back guarantee. So, you know, let's say you're not fully satisfied. Sansa Shop is going to do their best to make it right. Frankly, I wish Sansa Shop had been around when I first got into the NFA game. It's super easy. You can head to their website. You search for products you want to buy. When you're ready to make a purchase, their online tools let you choose dealers in your area that'll hold your silencer for you as you go through the wait. 
may, you know, maybe even let you shoot it while you wait. You know? No transfer fees. No paperwork errors. Just you and your silencer with no drama. It truly is silencer ownership simplified. Let the record state that it is Tuesday, March 23rd, 2021. And uh, I just did my first contracted podcast ad read. Feels good. Big step. Sansa Shop. Big ups. Thank you. Thank you for your support. Incredible company. Incredible people. So I'll let you know I, I actually wrote that ad. FYI. Um, that is, those are actually my words. I mean, it might, it might, it may or may not have been tweaked a little bit, but I did, I did write that. So I'm just going to take a, take a little bow, (laughs) but you know, you know, no, but seriously, Sansa shop. Thank you for your support. Incredible company, incredible people. I, I don't think I can say that enough. Um, but I would be remiss if I didn't also mention our other sponsor, our OG sponsor, the one, the only, Pew Science! <laughs> Pushing the silencer industry forward one test at a time. Visit PewScience.com for the suppression rating. The simplest and most accurate hearing safe ratings for your suppressed small arms. And it's based on true human sound perception. The suppression rating is in section 5 of the silencer sound standard. The standard walks you through gunshot noise, sort of like Wikipedia, but way cooler because it's about silencer sound. There are now seven parts, and they're all on PewScience.com for you to read. If you haven't seen the silencer sound standard, dude, that's totally fine. You can skip directly to the suppression rating in section 5. It lets you know how silencers stack up in comparison to one another with regard to sound at the muzzle and the shooter's ear and... It gives you a hearing safe dose limit for the particular platforms on which they're tested. This dose limit is directly tied to human perception. If the rating is higher, it sounds better. If it's lower, it sounds louder. That's all there is to it. Super simple. And you're not going to find this information anywhere else in the world. The sixth section of the standard contains all the reviews. So go check them out at PewScience.com. You know, if you don't want to look at the reviews, and it's just too much for you. Roger that. That's fine. It's no big no big deal. You don't even have to look at them. There's the Pew Science ranking section. Section 7 of the standard contains a simple database tool for you to sort and view suppression ratings of all the publicly released test data. There are links to the individual reviews in the database. Go wild. Knock yourself out. As always, if you are a manufacturer and you would like to use Pew Science for private testing and consulting services, there is... A form on the website with which you can submit that inquiry. Your contact information and uh, you know any test data we generate as part of any efforts like that will be held in strict confidence unless uh, unless you want to release it to the public. In which case, Pew Science can certainly help you do that. We've released several you know reviews from our private testing so far. You can go to the website and check those out. And more are coming soon. So yeah, it's all there for you to peruse if you like. You can support this podcast. Pew Science and our testing by joining at PewScience.com. And man, you can you can even rate the podcast five stars on iTunes if you want to do that. That'd be cool, man. You let let iTunes know that silencers are gun and guns are awesome, which is particularly important nowadays. I tell you what, um, you know, our inherent human rights 
that we enjoy, um, just as human beings, are con consistently under attack. Uh, we do have um, documents in place, uh, a so-called bill of rights that contains, you know, enumerated protections to these inherent human rights that we possess as humans. And those protections afforded to us in that document are under attack consistently. So in this environment, never relax, never surrender, but know that through education, we can win the hearts and minds and winning the hearts and minds is how you win wars. So, this is just my way of saying you should probably rate the podcast well. <laughs> that way people think it's cool and more people listen. No, frankly, let's use the algorithm to our advantage. I mean, that's like, I mean, logic would dictate that would be smart. I've been wrong before, but, I mean, let's be honest. We got We got to do this. I mean, it's the only way. So, yeah. Anyway, four topics for you today. <laughs> Topic one, just completed a test program, and boy, howdy, was the good data generated. I tell you what, I'm excited. Um, new review this week, hopefully. We'll talk about that. Topic two, listener questions. Continuation of the, of the, of the ton from last time. So many. I'll take a stab at answering the second group for you there. Uh, I mean, I love that. I'm going to take a stab at it. Topic three. New sponsor support for the podcast, Sponsor Shop, for real. I know, look, I already, look, did I do the ad already? Yes. Do I want to talk about Sponsor Shop again? It's my podcast. Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> Topic four, welcome to all the new Pew Science members, and thank you for your support. Okay, we're going to go uh, topic one at a time of 10 minutes and nine seconds. Topic one. Yes, so um, just completed a test program, and boy, howdy. <laughs> I like that. Boy, howdy. It's like, who, who says that? I do. No, um, good data was generated, guys. Um, I I just, I look, I just completed some, some testing of some, some silencers. A lot of you have been waiting for, for probably since I started doing this. Um, Also, just completed some contracted test work for uh, for Pew Science. It's also very good. You know, it's interesting. I did want to say R&D support for manufacturers is something that Pew Science prides itself on. And frankly, this is something that I think is going to help the industry from behind the scenes, slowly but surely. Uh, and before you know it, even more silencer manufacturers will be born. Can you imagine? Can you imagine new silencer manufacturers cutting their teeth in the industry with all of these huge players and these small guys are sitting here maybe doing incredible stuff, incredible innovative stuff, and, and Pew Science could help them, and then you'd see it too? Think about it. Think about the growth we could experience just in the industry, just from this. It's almost like we're creating an ecosystem of data-driven product performance. You know, think about it. Could be great. Look into it, as they would say. <laughs> no, but it'd be cool. Look, um, also, really, to to be to seriously, um, to be serious, um, I I really also tested some highly desirable stuff, and I'm here to tell you guys, 
things are about to get super interesting and the competition in different categories is going to heat up when it comes to sound performance. Look, I just want to say it's important to note sound is definitely not the most important thing when it comes to silencers. I know that I author the silencer sound standard. I know that I do sound signature reviews, but I'm being sincere when I tell you sound is not the most important thing, but let's be honest. It is a performance trait that people want to understand. And I tell you what the uh, the Pew science knowledge gaps just got filled in big time. I mean, not all the knowledge gaps, but some of them. Uh, and I look, I haven't come through all the data yet, but from what I, I've been analyzed so far, there are some absolute doozies to look at. Doozies. Buckle up, fam. Buckle up. It's going to be awesome. 2021 out here. Boom, baby. You heard it here first. It's going to be wild. So yeah, I literally spent 1.5 man days since the weekend crunching data. One and a half man days. You know what a man day is? That's the time. That's that's a resource allocation uh, term to say a dude for a day working solid. So one and a half man days since this week in crunching data to make sure my data was going to be publication and reporting quality. And it looks like it is. I mean, I, I, there were some factors I had to really worry about. And so I kind of did some, uh, did some analysis in the laboratory and, um, looks like, yeah, we good fam. Um, so one and a half man days since the weekend and it's Tuesday. So that tells you how busy I've been. Tells you how little sleep I've had. Um, it's fine. I'm just rotting away while speaking with you. Um, so yeah, in addition, in addition to my day job, no pressure. So yeah, are you going to get a review this week? Hopefully. Am I promising anything? Never. Will I do my best? I always do my best for you. <laughs> yeah. No, but see, I just a quick update for you. Um, let's move into topic two at a time of 14 minutes and 38 seconds. Oh man. Yeah. Listener questions. Continuation of the absolute ton of, of questions uh, from last time. Um, this is going to be round two. So, you know, if you haven't listened to the previous episode, which was episode 54 last week, um, I answered about 16 questions of the freaking encyclopedia of questions you guys asked, which was amazing. Um, and if, if you recall, uh, I did a question solicitation on um, the Instagram account. I, I don't know. I think I remember I used the, the J situation Instagram. Yeah. At the J situation on Instagram. Same na- name as the podcast here. Uh, that's where I did the question solicitation and you guys definitely delivered. Um, and so without further ado, Let's take a wondrous journey back into our spreadsheet um, into which all the questions were cataloged. And we're going to see where we left off and we're going to continue. Oh, man, I'm so excited. I love doing this. It's one of my favorite things. Okay. Got my spread, handy daddy spreadsheet. For those of you following along home, we saved this last time and 
I highlighted the last entry that we didn't get to in yellow so I could start with it there. So, so if you remember last time we left off in question 16 and a guy asked about, you know, can you tune a pistol like a handgun to a better sounding host? Is there a formula for tuning it? And I kind of told him kind of, um, springs are not the coolest thing to do. Uh, cause he, he asked about a heavy spring and you have to go back to episode 54, um, where I talk about that, but we're going to continue here today and let me make sure I'm not crazy. So we're, we're running about 16 minutes and 36 seconds. And I'm about, okay, I'm going to start in question 17. We're going to see how far we get. I bet, I bet you we can accomplish what I think we're going to accomplish. So question 17, have you tried Griffin's cam lock piston system? For handguns if so is there any merit to this you know i have not tried it yet no i haven't um for those of you who don't know what this is this um it's an interrupted thread system i've spoken about this a few times in the podcast briefly um while in theory it can be good there are two major things I worry about personally the first is tolerances and alignment um you're relying on a third party system like a third party okay let me uh, let me say that differently you're relying on on a third party to make the pistons right so that's griffin armament the, the company who makes this thing right so hey so you gotta hope they're correctly getting the tolerances up to snuff for those third party silencers they don't make you know what I mean? So like, I mean, did they get the prints from the manufacturers for the silencers and then, or like, did they reverse engineer it or something? And then like, does it void the warranty of the silencer? Like, I'm not sure. Like, I really don't know. So you, you probably have to check with that. You probably have to check with your silencer manufacturer. And then, um, secondly, you're, you're adding a, you're adding a coupling to the end of a handgun slide. So, so now you can't disassemble the pistol without a wrench, right? Like, you can't field strip it like with, without a wrench. Now, is that a deal breaker for you? Dude, not necessarily. I mean, it's up to you, right? Like, I I don't, I actually don't think this idea is all bad, honestly. Like, um, but I, I do think you could also do this with some Teflon tape um, and with like a good O-ring on a metric barrel. Or oh, I'm sorry. A good O-ring and a metric piston on a metric barrel. Like, I think, honestly, man, and this is just me as, like, a gun guy, silencer guy. Like, real deal, I think Teflon tape goes a long way. It's cheap. It's removable. Like, honestly, try it out. Like, Teflon tape, go to Home Depot or hardware store. You get a little roll of it. Um, the white, you don't, don't go ham. You don't go ham with that crazy pink Teflon tape. Just get that white stuff. Um, it's in like a blue and white sometimes. I mean, it comes in all kinds of different colors, I guess, but I don't know. Just give a couple of rap, rapid, rapid wraps uh, of the Teflon tape there. Um, eh, that'll that, that'll help. Just experiment with it. See what you think. You know what I mean, Jelly Bean? Let's try it out. All right. Hope that answers your question, sir. I'm sorry I haven't really tested or anything, but it's cool. Like, interrupted threads are cool. That's old school Maxim stuff. Like, old school. Probably before that. You know? I mean, all it is is, like, 
threaded part with interrupted threads so you can just like put it on there axially with no thread interference and then you turn it and the threads hook up then you're awesome right and then similarly you twist the other way and you can pull it off so i mean the attractiveness here is that you your little uh adapter that you I guess torque on your pistol barrel is not going to come off easily because you're tightening with a wrench. And so like the thing that is detachable readily is interrupted thread. So that's not going to come off either, theoretically, like the way they have it designed. So, I mean, it's basically making QD mount for your freaking pistol, which I have to say is attractive. I think, you know what I think? I think if you didn't have to like, if you could still remove your barrel or if you could still remove your, if you could feel your strip your pistol with this on there, I, I might even buy it. I think that's probably for me personally, the deal breaker. Maybe I haven't to tell you the truth, guys. I haven't had time to think about this a lot. I've thought about it a little bit, but let me play with it. Let me get one. The tolerance stuff does worry me, though. I don't know. Griffin might be able to answer that. Or maybe the other science may. I would call, like, I don't know, call Rugged. Be like, hey, Rugged, can I use a Griffin cam lock in your Obsidian? And is that okay? And if I would listen to them for their science or, you know what I mean? And, like, I don't know what else they make it for. There might be other pistols. Like, I haven't looked into it. That's all I got. Okay, question 18. Oh, you know what? 18, 19, and 20 are for the same person. He asked three questions, but I separated them out. And they're good, so we're going to go through them. Number 18, Voltor or JPSCS. Oh, sir, I assume you are referring to the Voltor A5 system versus the JP Silent Capture Spring. Silent Capture Spring. I'm assuming that's what you're asking. Because Voltor makes a lot of stuff, not just the, the A5. So I just want to say those, those two systems are very different. Um, a true A5 system has a longer buffer that's heavier than a carbine buffer. And it has, a, and it has actually has spring loaded weights inside it. Um, this means you need the A5 receiver extension. That's longer. Um, the JP system, that silent capture spring system, I think it's intended to be quieter to your ear with regard to spring noise. Um, I'm not sure the mechanical benefit over the A5, if there is any. Personally, I think if you're suppressing your AR-15, stick with a normal spring and H2 or H3 buffer. I, I don't know. I like the Surefire OBC, but that's a topic for a different discussion. I, I need this... You know, guys, I, I need to study the benefits of all these different systems further before giving you a comprehensive answer. I can't give you a meaningful meaningful opinion on this for my purposes. I don't care. I don't think you're going to... I like... I mean, my gun's tuned so dang well with that OBC that I don't even look at anything else right now. I have some A5 stuff. I just haven't played with it as much. I don't see the need to lengthen the receiver extension when I can do a similar thing with the OBC. Personal preference on that. Um, question 19. I hope that... I'm sorry. That, that probably disappointing answer, but I I guess I don't... I need I need to more, do more research before I can really give you definitive answer about that. I've seen the hype on the A5. I have no doubt that it works well. 
But the question should be, can you do it in a different way in the standard carbine extension? I think you can. Um, question 19, number one priority for a silencer? For me? Good question. For me, are you asking like what my number one priority is? I mean, for me, I think it depends on the silencer. Um, I would say quiet enough is my first priority because unless it's quiet enough, the usefulness drops. Like for sure. Um, after that, it's length, it's weight, it's it's everything else. I guess maybe accuracy is the top priority. But if the mount's good, accuracy is usually okay for my use cases. I don't know, man. It's really going to depend on your use case. That's a hard question. I, I guess if I had to give one answer, I'd say quiet enough. But, like, that doesn't mean that, like, if something's quiet enough, I'm just going to use it. It's got to be good in a bunch of other categories for me. I'm picky. Okay. I hope that answers your question. Question 20. Favorite barrel length for 5.56. Ooh, you're going to make me break hearts. No. <laughs> right now, my favorite barrel lengths are shorter than 16 and the longest I need for the gas system. So like 11.5 with mid-length gas is like what I'm in love with right now. Um, I'd probably do 16-inch with rifle gas if I could. Cause I'm, cause I'm, I'm crazy. Cause I only shoot suppressed. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I run my AR-15 guns suppressed all the hundred percent of the time. Like, I don't take the silencer off. So, unless I have to, unless I'm transporting it and I need a shorter length, um, I I would never even take the silencer off. So I need a shorter length, and I want dwell length to be minimum to. So to, you know, control my added impulse. So all that way, all I need to do is restrict gas flow. So the time component is shorter due to the short dwell. So this results in a very tunable system when suppressed with a quiet silencer. Okay. So that's why I like to keep my dwell length short. Like that's what I do. Now, could I make a 12 and a half inch mid awesome? You bet I can. Is it going to be as awesome as 11 and a half? I don't know, maybe. I have to test it. 11 and a half, though. It's all pretty. That KAC rail. Man, tell you what. <laughs> I hope that answers your question. Hey, man, thanks. That was three questions from you. That's like, I don't know who asked those, but good questions. I bet you, I bet you that a lot of people are wondering those. So thank you for asking those. Question 21. Let me, hold on, right before, let me check on time. What are we at? 20, all right, half an hour. We're doing pretty good. We're doing pretty good. Oh man, that's encouraging. Okay. Question 21. Let me move this so I don't make sure I'm, sorry. Remember I told you this is a new format, so I got like a bunch of windows open on my computer. I don't want to crash the whole system here. Like close every, oh, I'm not going to crash it, but. Close everything accidentally. That would be, oh, well, he closed his podcast recording. <laughs> Question 21. Can you see the suppressor, the suppressor industry standardizing on one or two QD mounts like we're seeing with uh, MRDSs? 
Oh, red dot sides. What's the M for? Modular? No. Ma. MRDSs. It's got to be red dot sites. M. Military? Modular? Multiple? Ma, 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 ma. ma. <laughs> What's MRDS? RMR or DPP? Oh my God, I'm going to Google it. I'm so frustrated right now. Why don't I know this? Oh, hold on. MRDS. Red dot. Enter. Mini. Oh. Really? There's an acronym with... Oh, that's... <sighs> okay. Well, now I know. Really, Mini... Re, shouldn't... Look, shouldn't that be like a lowercase m in the acronym? Like, if you're really doing this. Like, Mini is a size-based thing. So, if that's the first word for an acronym wouldn't you wouldn't you do a, a a lowercase m and then capital rds i'm gonna i'm gonna google that i have i have a theory hold on i bet you no turns out turns out the internet says i'm wrong damn son all right can't be right all the time, I guess. Um, so yeah, back to this guy's question. Now that I know what the heck he's, he's, what that means. Can you see the suppressor industry standardizing on one or two QD, QD mounts? Like we're seeing with many red dot sites using a footprint like the RMR and the DPP. DPP? I don't know anything. If so, what features do you expect to see in a mount? Locking collar? Tapers? Other? It's a good question. I look. I don't need to know all about your red dot stuff. I use a EOTech and eight point T one. Like, whatever. Um, EOTech uh, EXPS three. It's awesome. EOTech holographic site. Shout out to EOTech. They're great. Um, it's a good question, sir. I think I understand your point here. You're talking about standardizing on a footprint for accessories. Essentially, is what you're doing or asking. You know, I would say they already kind of standardized on the the like the the, the one point three seven five inch uh, twenty four threads per inch system, right? Kind of. I mean, it's not a stand. It's not the standard. It's a standard. It's prolific, right? Right? Didn't some other guy ask me like what the three hundred eight best? What I thought the coolest? Oh no, that's a ne that's a question later. Oh, I'll get to that. Maybe we'll get to that one. Oh, that's right. I was looking. At the, no, no, no. That's coming up. So yeah. Suffice to say, the 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 one the one point three seven five inch diameter, uh, twenty four thread per inch system, that rear mount, it's pretty prolific. So, you know, you're asking, can the suppressor industry, you know, is it going to standardize on one or two? Like, one or two? Probably not. Mounts like mount 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 threads maybe mounts themselves. Like you're asking the mounts themselves, not the threading, but the actual mount? Probably not. I mean, I don't see that happening unless there's some kind of major industry cooperation. And even then, like I'm not sure we would see it because these eyes these items aren't considered sponsor parts, so people are making a lot of money selling these to you guys, and this is a huge market. Sponsor accessories can have pretty big margin. 
Um, you can design these things, pay for the engineering, um, or no engineering most of the time, and then mark these up and sell a ton. You can sell so many mounts, dude. It's probably in a company's best interest to keep making new mounts. Like new new types of mounts, I would say, even. I mean, monetarily. But I mean, standardizing on one thread pitch? Yeah, maybe. I don't know, man. So far, I think that 1.375, it, it's not... it. It's not the only one, but it's super popular and people are loving it. Like, honestly, and this is personal opinion time, and I, I am going to disagree with a lot of people. A lot of people do not agree with me on this, but I'm actually not a fan. I'm not a fan of this this universal system. I'm just not. Um, never have been. Um, one of my favorite mounts is the rugged mount, honestly. And that's, and that's proprietary, dude. Like... It's proprietary to the rugged silencers. Their little M2 brake has got to be one of my favorite silencer mounts. It is so small and so strong. Unbelievably strong. Um, I also like the Surefire mount. And I think it could be made a lot better with a few tweaks. And it could be better than most anything out there probably. For a secondary retention mount. And then um, their muzzle devices are great. The surefire ones. Um, just small deficiencies. Some small minor ones. Minor deficiencies. I think when you insert another mount system into a silencer, you introduce tolerance stack. It doesn't always matter a lot, but it does matter. And some of these mounts suck. I think direct thread with tapers is probably the future. Um, I think that if you have, if you have to have a secondary latch, I think there are certain companies that do a good job. Um, I think like rugged SIG, YHM, Surefire, you know, they, they got to fix some stuff. Dead Air, um, there, I, you know what I have not tried is that key micro. I'm kind of interested in it because like, isn't it like way smaller or lighter than the other, than the chemo, which I'm not a huge chemo guy. The the key micro seems like it can be kind of cool. Like I just don't have experience with it. Um, I need, just need to try it. Um, I just need I just need to try it. I guess. Um, what else is there? There's that, and, and yeah, that's all the secondary latch stuff that like we really think about a lot. There's some other stuff out there too. Secondary latch is kind of cool sometimes, though. I've said talked about that before. It is kind of cool sometimes. Something about it. I hope that answers your question. I know that um. Oh, you also asked me what features do do I expect to see in a mount? I expect high quality, doesn't get stuck easily, easy um I expect accuracy, repeatability, I expect um I expect it to be available in different thread pitches from different guns. I expect it to be, it doesn't have to be the super lightest, but it, if it's super heavy and long, that's dumb. If I'm, because if it's a QD mount and I'm going to be taking it off, I don't, I want my, like, I don't understand that. And then, um, and if it does, if it's going to be long, I want it to do something like be an actual flash hider. Um, I mean, 
even though I don't shoot unsuppressed, but I want to do something, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I just, I guess I appreciate well-engineered stuff. That's a really hard question. What features do I expect to see? I, I want it to work well, I guess. I think if it, if it, it, if it wobbles, I'm out. If it affects accuracy negatively, I'm out. If it's not durable, I'm out. So maybe that's the answer. Yeah. Good question. Question 22. Any chance you can test Hyperion technology on subsonic 300 blackout? Uh, sir, I would say the chances of that are 100% since I've already done it. <laughs> yeah, dude, I've tested it. I've actually tested it in multiple platforms, not only the Hyperion, but I've tested other stuff from CGS with that technology on subsonic 300 blackout. You just haven't seen any data yet, but you will. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Hope that answers that question. Um, yeah. Topic. Topic. Question 23, how important is the mount design in your suppressor selection criteria? Well, this, I just answered this kind of, but good question, sir. Uh, It's super important. Um, But if if the performance is undeniable of the silencer itself, like I'd probably just get what I get. Like, okay. One of my favorite sensors right now is the Helios QD. Do I wish it had had its own small QD mount? Yeah, I do. I wish it did. Do I run it in the direct thread because I can't decide on a QD mount to pair with it? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, Does it just live on the M16? Yes. Yes, it does. So maybe that's a unique use case. So look, I was actually talking with a Pew Science member before I started recording this tonight. I was talking to him about some silencers and that like how like I'll just run them like if they're good. Like I'm a I'm a junkie for performance. Like if something's awesome, I'll be like, okay, cool, I'll run that now. I have like no brand loyalty, dude. Like, don't you guys think it's funny because I've had conversations with several manufacturers over the past couple of days, and I've had many conversations with many consumers even since I started this. And people like talk like a lot of times like allude to like the potential for bias and things like that. I am here to tell you, I will completely not use a silencer anymore sometimes on a platform if there's something better and I like it better. Like I I'm to the point now it's like, because I, I think it's because I'm not, I am still a consumer but now because silencers are, are easily obtainable to me, like if there's something cool that I see, I'll be like, whoa, and then I'll use it. I mean, that doesn't mean I, I'm scrapping and throwing the other one in the trash, but it does mean that I am quick to find something cool and like learn all about it and, be, and geek out on it. Be like, this is awesome. Will I go back to the old trusty? Yeah. Probably sometimes, but sometimes maybe not. Sometimes you just find something you you want you like so much that you're just like this is awesome. And sometimes something else comes along and you're like this is awesomer. <laughs> so yeah, um yeah. 
I hope that I mean that didn't answer your question at all. I guess the answer is yes or a lot. How important is the mount design? It's is important. Um, question twenty four: Best twenty two long rifle can out there? Oh, great question. Best is a really weird word to use. Um, I need to test way more to figure out what the quietest one is. Um, the rugged Oculus is incredible. I can tell you that right now. Um, the old AAC stuff is incredible. The new Q stuff, I need to test. But the Erector is a very special silencer for a few reasons. Um, I might post a picture of that with this podcast. It's it's really light. Um, the Omega Baffle stuff, the old SWR Spectre, it was really good. The, um, the Bowers USS that licensed the Omega Baffle, that's really good. I have an old Liberty Kodiak TL. Um, I actually just mentioned that to Mike Pappas. Mike Pappas and I were talking today. He, um, shout out to Mike Pappas, powerful Mike Pappas. Uh, he has one too, an, a Liberty Kodiak TL. It's wild good. That's a wild silencer. Um, it's monocore. It's going to wipe the floor with a lot of the 22 stuff out there right now, dude. I promise. Um, fit and finish the Liberty stuff just isn't as good as the big names, like on average, but that's a great silencer. And I think it's kind of expensive, but, oh, they don't, oh, they don't even make it anymore. So whatever. But Dave from Liberty, shout out to Dave, making some weird monocores that no one else is doing. They're crazy. Yeah. So best 22 silencer. I don't know, dude. Pick something that like has the features you want that's not loud. Um, I think some things to look at. You probably want to look at the Oculus. You probably want to look at the Q stuff. You probably want to look at the dead air stuff. You probably want to look at um, the Bowers USS. Um, oh, I need to test the switchback from Silencer Co. It's probably quiet. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff. The 20, 22 silencers are interesting because like a lot of them are going to be super quiet. So you're going to find yourself looking for accuracy and ease of, ease of cleaning and looks. You know what I mean? And, and size and weight. A lot of that's going to be way more important to you because a lot of them are going to be quiet. But there is nothing worse than a loud 22 silencer with first round pop. You don't want that. That will that that's that's unacceptable. If you if and that's probably why I need to test a bunch of twenty two silencers because if if you're buying a twenty two silencer with that has a lot of first round pop nowadays, like I'm not saying you're not going to have a good time, but that's that should be unacceptable now. You you need to have I mean there because there are some twenty two silencers out there that are scary good and that's what you want. We'll have to figure that out. Okay okay, good question. Question 25, um, what are we doing, 43 minutes or so? Yeah, that's fair. Question 25, what slash when will be the first 5.56 test? Well, I can tell you, sir uh, or ma'am, 5.56 testing has already happened a lot. Like, I've already been doing that since last year, like, since I started this. Um, you know, I'm reviewing data and gearing up for an official test series, but before I do a deep dive into testing on a weapon platform, I have to understand the performance parameters and the test data so I can properly analyze everything. I got to ensure the test setup is correct. I got to ensure we understand exactly what we're going to be gathering. Now, there's a lot that goes into proper data gathering. This is why 
most people who just want to test stuff can't just go on YouTube and do it, man. I Look, I don't give ETAs, so you're going to have to wait. I will say there is something that I think we need to talk about, you and I. <laughs> no, all, all the collective you, like you guys listening, there is something we need to talk about, and that is gas block and gas block leakage. And I'm not talking about gas block leakage from the from the interface of the gas block on the barrel. I'm talking about adjustable gas block leakage from the adjustment screw. And if that's going to matter, I, I, I want to believe that it's not going to matter with regard to sound signature, but I'm not sure if that's true. I'm, and frankly, I'm a little concerned. I need to do a sensitivity study and figure that out. I need to do some things to understand exactly what that's going to do because... On video, when I'm shooting that 11 and a half inch mid length um, upper suppressed, adjusted like six or seven clicks, open with a superlative arms gas block in restricted mode, I can vis- visually see um, gas block leakage in the video in daylight, and I can see the gas impingement on of that leak through that screw, that adjustment screw onto the rear of the, the Helios mount, discoloring it, meaning that it's hot and it's moving fast. That means it's high pressure. So that means that we got a gas leak um, from the adjustment screw. Superlative Arms says it leaks a little bit. Um, some other people say it does too because of the short barrel. I find this to be okay. It has not affected function. Will it affect tuning on the host for sound. I don't know. I What I don't want to do is do something that's not going to be representative of stuff other people have. Is my gas block leaking more? I mean, I use those gas blocks on a lot of other weapons, but that's the first time I've used it on the specific configuration. So do I need to change it out? Do I need to see if one leaks less? Is that just a, the name of the game? This is important because like, I understand that like, it might not be a big deal, but you got to know if I go and I spend 12 hours during a day doing a test program with and 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 shoot all that ammo on all these silencers with that gun and that and that data is all garbage because of that leak. I've just spent a whole like basically one and a half man days in the field. And can't use the data like you know like what that costs that's a huge cost so um let's not make that mistake please understand like what's at stake here like what i'm just gonna go oh yeah let me go shoot some ars and not understand the freaking gas bog so if any of you listening i mean and i know this is a, this is a question for some from someone but frankly if you're listening to this and you know of an of an adjustable gas block for an AR-15 that has a relatively wide adjustment range that is reliable and doesn't leak, that's clamp-on, miss me with that pin stuff, that's clamp-on, contact me, techpuscience.com. Okay, okay, thank you. Um, so yeah, so what, what will be the first 5 of 6 test? Uh, I can't tell you that. Thank you for the question. Um, question 26. Oh, this is a good one. If can A outperforms can B on one platform, is that true for all platforms with the same cans? 
So that's, um, I'm assuming you're talking about sound performance, sir. Um, excellent question. It's an excellent question. And the answer is absolutely not. It's not true for all platforms um, for the same cans. Certain silencers are very well suited for high, high pressure flow, for example. And others are very well suited for low pressure flow. Like subsonic 300 blackout, for example. Some silencers might be really good for 9mm, but a real stinker on 300 blackout subs even. And that's two subsonic cases. Um, and some might be super awesome on 308 supersonic, but not so good for 556 supersonic. That's another case of like supersonic flow being different. And so like you're... some So to, to summarize, to restate, some silencers are great on subsonic or super or both. Some are good on supersonic large caliber and poor on supersonic small caliber. Some are, it's just crazy. And that's why you need tests. Um, but there are rules of thumb. The rules of thumb are if you have like on, if you look on pscience.com, if you're a 30 caliber silencer on like, and you're like, have a really good suppression rating, um, on 308 supersonic, chances are on 556 supersonic with the tuned gun, you're going to be good too. Or you're not going to be good too, but you're going to be like, the relative performance is going to be kind of close, I think, um, just because of physics. But like sometimes there's there's some special sauce and some silencers that just make them sound better on certain guns. So I'm trying to standardize things with the host to like eliminate a lot of variables. And that now you see why I'm doing bolt action, right? So... Baby steps, baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. Um, uh, good question though, sir. Question 27. Name your current favorite 30 caliber can that has 1.375 inch diameter, 24 thread per inch mount threads on 308 slash 223 rifles. Man, do I only have to pick one? Or do I only get to pick one? It's hard. 30 caliber can on 5.56 and 308. Uh, I think right now for 5.56, if I had to pick a modular format rear end one, man, I haven't tested enough. Um, If I could only pick one, and it has to be that modular rear end, and 30 caliber. Hmm. For 556. Uh, I guess I'd pick the Helios QD, the Inconel one, the heavy one. The one that's out right now. If I could only pick one, because I know it's heavy and I know I probably still use direct thread, even though it has that mount in the threading in the back, but you can't you can't break that silencer. So I'd probably use that. And it sounds really good on 556. Should probably use that. If I was forced to pick, I guess. But man, you need to keep in mind. I need to do a lot more five and six testing and shooting with different silencers. To like, I gotta make. Dude, what if I get that Surefire SoCom five five six RC two that I ordered from Surefire and like I put it on my tuned gun and it's awesome. Because it's like, I don't know, smaller, lighter or something. I don't even know. And durable. And the flash reduction is like the best ever. I don't know if that's true. What if it's awesome? And the mount's all sexy. And it works because like I don't use a war comp. And it doesn't get stuck because I clean my mount like every time I use it. 
Is that possible? Maybe. Do I know if that's going to happen? No. Am I going to try it? Yeah. I wish I... I need to call Surefire and ask when that's coming. I wrote it a long time ago. Not a long time ago, but... I guess they're back-ordered. I don't know. So, yeah, there's that. I don't know. For 308 in this question, um, if I had to pick one with the modular rear mount threading, man, that's really tough. I just tested some stuff. Hmm. Man, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I just tested some stuff. That's pretty crazy. Um, I don't know yet. The waters are getting really murky here. A lot of options. Let, let me get back to you. Okay. My current favorite, because I don't want to say Helios again. 308. Modular mount. That might be the Helios QDTI. It's not out yet, though. I just think that that silencer can be really quiet. Um, is it my favorite? It's not my favorite 30 caliber silencer, I don't think. But, like, you want, you're you're kind of pigeonholing me with the, with that modular mouth thread, so. You know, the energetic armament Vox isn't bad. But it's really primitive. I'm just trying to think of the other 30 caliber modular rear mount. Oh, doesn't the Omega have a modular rear mount? That's a really good 308 silencer, man. With a modular rear mount. There's dead air stuff. We'll have to let you know about that. Keep it. Stay tuned. You gotta stay tuned, man. There's a lot of stuff out here. You, that's a hard question, but thank you. Thank you for that question, sir or ma'am. That was really good. Twenty-eight. Do you speak any other languages? See, un poco de español. Und ein bisschen Deutsch. Liebchen. Yeah, that's is good. Yeah, um, just a little, dude. Not, I'm rusty. I, I get around. Um, in a former life. Uh, question twenty nine. Is water wet? This is. I, I thought I scrubbed these. Look, moisture is the essence of wetness, and wetness is the essence of beauty. <laughs> Have you seen that movie? Uh, it's a good movie. I'm not going to tell you. You're going to have to Google it. Um, qu question 30. Number one upgrade to make an AR more silencer friendly. Number one upgrade to make an AR more silencer friendly. Adjustable gas block all day, every day. But get a heavier buffer too. I'm considering that one upgrade. Do it. Those two things. H2 or H3 buffer. Adjustable gas block. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be having a good time, homie. Um, question thirty one. I didn't I didn't scrub these. Dang it. Question thirty one. Where's the weirdest place you've pooped? Freaking Instagram. Um, the back of a Volkswagen. <laughs> no. Points if you get that movie reference. I did not poop. Let the record state. I did not poop in the back of a Volkswagen. It's just. 
pseudo movie reference. Major points if you get that movie reference. Um, question 32, best form one cans. Good question. Thank you. See, you get, you get the, 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 is water wet? You get the, the poop questions and then you get one, you, you, people go and redeem humanity here. My faith in humanity. And they ask best form one cans. At least it's topical. Come on. I'm just kidding. You can ask me anything you want, but let's be, let's be honest. No, best form one cans. Good question. Um, I think the best form one silencer is the one you really enjoy making and take pride in that, you know, the chances are you're, you're probably not going to beat the best commercial silencers in total performance and weight and size and durability, but man, don't let your dreams be dreams, man. Some of the best designs start off as form one stuff. Have fun man. have fun and enjoy it. Curiosity and experimentation are very important for continued innovation. I think in the world in general, and I think I admire the people that are doing Form 1 stuff. Sure, are people doing it to save money in some cases? Yes. Are people doing it to get shorter wait times? Yes. Um, is that bad? I don't think it's bad. I do think you should be doing this for a reason. I think if you really want a silencer and you know what silencer you want, just be patient and buy it. But if you are really wanting to delve into Form 1 stuff because you like just want the satisfaction of a job well done, that's cool too. I'm not going to discourage you from that. So the best Form 1 can, I I don't know. I couldn't tell you what the best performing one is. Um, I can tell you from what I've learned from testing silencers over the past year, using high-fidelity testing and analysis that I do, I can tell you that any silencer with, a co with coaxial elements is going to really shine on supersonic flow and can pay dividends with subsonic too. Um you should just, you have to go do some reading, see what you see. Okay. Good question. D don't, don't give up. Um, never give up, never surrender. Question 33. Have you measured anything with ablative material? If not, what to, want to throw out some guesses? Hmm. Sir, I, I assume you meaning, do you, do you want me to throw out some guesses with regard to how performance would change? So let me, let me, well, Okay, so to answer your first question, I have not conducted high-fidelity testing on silencers with ablative media inside. Uh, and ablative media, you would be talking about air or water or alcohol, things like that. Um, let me really quick for the, the other people listening. Um, for those of you who don't know, if you force liquid water to phase change into steam, for example, um, if, if, you, if you're going to, well, if you're going to boil it... Um, there's an incredible amount of energy used to do that. Okay, um, if you can do that with combustion gases in a in a silencer, you're you're gonna you're gonna really um, jack up. You're gonna you're gonna elevate the efficiency of sound suppression in the silencer or from the silencer. I think that's it's really neat, and it's something folks often use for very small silencers. Um, that are special purpose to run wet. They call it, they say run wet when you add a, a wet media medium to the inside of a silencer. And that's why that works. It, it works because of phase change guys. Some people think it's because it keeps it cool. I mean, that's kind of, I it's, it's more like you're changing the water. You're flashing the water. 
you're you're converting you're do you're you're creating you're 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 using energy to do something that's why that's why it does that that's why it works um so people do use it for very small silencers um and even for some like some 40 okay 45 caliber pistol is a special case not a special case but a common case for this big old hole in the bore right super hard to stop gases from coming out right so a lot of 45 caliber pistol sensors are super loud um at least they were until some advancements happened and um it's really hard to make them quiet dry so like they'd add water it can get messy though um depending on the silencer and you can use wire pulling gel which is kind of like a water-based gel um it'll stay in the silencer for quite some time you can you can take a little bit of you can take a bottle a bottle of water a little cap on the bottle fill that with water you pour it into the rear assembly of the silencer you can do that it doesn't take a lot of water you just need enough in there to where it's gonna do that your face change and take up take up energy it'll last for a few shots um be, but be ready to clean it up it's gonna be messy and wear your safety glasses always wear your safety glasses when you shoot but um with this you better do that depending on the pistol you can really spray water all, all over your face when you're shooting and it's gonna be gross water it's not gonna be pretty that's what she said oh i don't that's not appropriate um yeah <laughs> oh you you asked you asked me also sir or ma'am if not what to throw want to throw out some guesses guesses about what what's gonna be quiet it's all gonna be quieter by a lot i mean that's all i can guess about that uh, enough to make a big big difference and you're, you're gonna hear the difference um question 34 how far am i gonna go what time is it Oh, we're already an hour in. Wait, and okay, we're an hour in, and I also had two more topics, but they're short, so I'm gonna keep going. Okay, sorry, uh, didn't mean to derail this. Um, topic or question thirty-four for any caliber plus host. What is the sound rating? And he's talking about suppression rating of bare muzzle plus hearing protection what a good question this guy is look at the big brain on question man here <laughs> no this is like really um look at you this is a good question and you know what sir or ma'am you're, you're not the first one to ask about this um there is in fact a way to compute the suppression rating for hearing protection um, when shooting suppressed or unsuppressed, frankly. But the models, um, the models in the literature, um, and in practice, they're they're not nearly as good as the unprotected ear models. They're not nearly as refined, and I and and for this reason, I have shied away from doing this. Maybe in the future, as the models become more mature. Um, this is, that's a very long-term thing. Very long-term. That's not going to happen right now in, I don't even know if I'm ever going to do it. I might, but I'm going to need a really good model and it's going to be able, it's going to need to be, it's going to need to undergo a lot of validation. And I'm already using an unprotected ear model. That's undergone a lot of validation. This, this, the protected ear models, bro, I don't, I don't think so. 
when I when I when I was developing the sonster sound standard and the suppression rating, I did look into that. I have the capability right now. Actually, I can do it right now, like tonight. Tonight, I could give you an answer for some, but I but the model is not gonna. I don't I don't have I don't have the confidence in it. I, it, it does that mean it's not not useful? I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is I'm not sure of the efficacy. And I hesitate to publish that on a large scale. If you would like to talk more about this, uh, wait, am I going to offer that? Hmm, I got to be careful. I tell you what, send me an email, techapuscience.com. I'll share with you what I, what, I, what I can share with you. Okay? Okay. Good question. That's actually one of the best questions I've ever had from people. And, that, and you're not the only one to ask it. So I know there's other people that are wondering that. Good question. Um... Question 35, robust cans that can handle high rates of fire on SBRs are always heavy. Will that change? Um, first of all, sir or ma'am, that is only partially true. Um, for one, the rugged rating is pretty light, and it can ma it can pass multiple rounds of SOCOM firing schedule on 5.56, and I forget the barrel length, but, it, but it's short. Plus, Thunderbeast Dominus, I hear, can withstand at least one round, if not more, of the firing schedule. And it's titanium. So, yeah, keep that in mind. Some companies are, they're actually full auto rating their silencers by testing with a SOCOM firing schedule table for multiple cycles. So, Google that. Google that SOCOM firing schedule and just read about it. And you'll see some stuff. It's like a different, it's a firing schedule of different different um, magazines and rates of fire and semi and blah, 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 blah. I don't remember it, but um, read about it, dude. Um, so, to answer your question, it's already, um, so will that change? It's already changed. There's two there's two titanium examples for you. So I mean, okay, the rugged silencer, hybrid silencer has some stellite front baffles, but it's mostly titanium, it's super light. Dominus, not sure about it. I think it's all titanium, but it has like a steel muzzle brake. Can't remember. All I know is it's light too, and if Thunderbeast says it's rated for something, it probably is, because like their engineers aren't really messing around. So like they make pretty quiet silencers, and if they say something's durable, it probably is, and they're probably testing it right with regard to durability. And I'm pretty sure they even like show on the website like um, their muzzle brake getting destroyed before the silencer. I can't don't don't quote me on that, but I think I remember seeing that like a while back when that was first announced. So go check that out if, if you're interested. I don't even know if the Dominus is a good silencer. I ha I own a rugged radiant in my personal collection. The Dominus, I'm a, I'm actually. Um, I'm actually excited to test that silencer. I kind of want to play with it. Haven't haven't seen one in person. Yep. Uh, question thirty six: Is the Dead Air Ghost a decent can? You know what? Good question. I have never shot or tested one. There might be certain applications where it shines, and certain applications where some, there's something better. You know what? In fact, there was someone on Reddit the other day. This this is a good. Someone on Reddit the other day asked. On one of my posts, they asked me for validation, which was weird. I mean, he's a nice guy, but he was like, hey, Jay, I have a dead air ghost. I was going to use it on my, I want to say it was a 45 caliber Max submachine gun. And he's like, but I bought a Bowers silencer. Please tell me I, I did good. And I told him, I said, yeah, that Bowers silencer is going to be better than the ghost all day on your Mac. I could say that without um, without 
testing the ghost because his Mac is going to be shooting subsonic ammunition and those Bowers cans are designed to sound good for that. I mean, I took, I went out on a limb and it's not like I told him to buy a silencer, but I did say, yeah, your Bauer silencer that you've already bought is going to be good. And he's going to test. I mean, he'll, if I'm wrong, he's, he's going to let me know, but like, but yeah, like I, does that mean the day or go sucks? Absolutely not. That just means like I was pretty sure for his application, the gigantic Bowers silencer was going to be quieter. And I mean, subsonic volume helps a lot. And so I'm pretty sure that's why, um, if I'm crazy, let me know, but I'm don't think there's a lot of people disagree. So to answer your question, sir, I don't know. Could be good. Could be not be good. I'm running out of gas, guys. Uh, question 30. I'm so tired. Question 37. Tune my rifle. 10 and a half inch barrel. Uh, 070 gas port. Surefire Warcomp RC2. Shirk Warf Warcomp RC2. I guess he means 556 RC2. Springco Red Spring H1 buffer with mil spec buff bolt carry group. I guess he's talking about a 556 RC2. Okay, get rid of your Warcomp. Get a get a Surefire three prong flash hider or something with a lab. Get him out with the labyrinth seals first of all. Um. Why do you have a red spring? What's a sprinkler red spring? Is that like really strong or something? Why are you doing that? Do you need, why do you need that? Um, don't use an H1, use an H2 or an H3. And, and use a regular carbine spring and see what happens. And if you don't want an adjustable gas block, that's fine. But just have a, at least an H2 or an H3. Then you t let me know. And you know, bro, you don't even have to buy a new buffer. Your H1 buffer, just buy some of those spare tungsten weights. Get a pin punch, open up your buffer, and turn it into an H2 and shoot it. Or turn it into an H3 and shoot it. Just that, All you got to do is swap the steel weights for tungsten. Google images so you know like where to put them. Don't mess up. You'll be all right. Hope that helps. <laughs> um, question 38. Uh, I have a Mark 18. That's a that's a 10.3 um, AR. Suppressed ejection pattern is at 2:45 to 3 o'clock. 2:45 to 3 o'clock. Okay, so it's like a it's like when he's suppressed, his brass is coming out directly to his right, and okay. 45 to 3 o'clock. Okay. Unsuppressed is 4 to 430. 4 to 430. Am I having a problem? Like, I'm confused. 245 to 3. Do you mean 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock? You can't. 245. What does that even mean? Sir, you can't do that. You're. You, what does that mean? Two forty-five to three o'clock. Two forty-five. Like if the clock said two forty, like what? 
Am I like misunderstanding how to diagnose like an AR ejection pattern? Like suppressed ejection, if it's if it's at two to three o'clock, that means it's coming out to your like at, to your two o'clock or to your three o'clock. Two forty-five to three. That doesn't make sense to me. I think what he meant is between two and three o'clock, and then his unsuppressed is four to four thirty. I think maybe he means either four to five o'clock or four to six o'clock. Maybe he means like halfway between four and five o'clock. Oh, that's what he's meaning. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm dense. I didn't under, that's weird. That's a weird way to say that. So you're, you're you, okay. So let me start over. Your suppressed ejection is at 245 to three. So that means that's like really exact. So you're basically saying it's like you're dividing the two to three o'clock area by like four parts of 15 minutes each and then you're saying that it's oh, that's ridiculously like okay suppressed ejection around three o'clock unsuppressed it you're fine probably good when i you know when i test the mark 18 more i'll let you know what why did i have such a problem do i have to google that too right now no i'm not googling that but that's like I guess that should be like pretty common vernacular, but the way he wrote it, I'm, I just don't. 245 to 3. Yeah. That's not really. Maybe it's the way he wrote it. That I, don't, I don't understand. Maybe I'm dumb. Okay. Question 39. Will the site have a suppressor selection matrix for use cases? Eventually, yeah. I think so. I mean, for right now, what I'm trying to do is. I'm trying to spread this information to as wide as an audience as possible and to continue gaining industry acceptance. That's what I'm trying to do, guys. Um, to do that, I have to keep publishing data. Eventually, as more parameters are flushed out, we'll get to some really good parametric studies, um, okay? Um, and we'll be well on our way to doing what you're asking for. Keep in mind, some things are, are hard to test for, so there's going to be challenges, especially accuracy testing. So I'm not going to do some of this. Be just because I, I don't want to spend the time or I can't spend the time because I'm doing other stuff. Eventually, uh, it's going to have to grow and other people are going to have to jump in and help. I've been in discussions with some people for accuracy testing, but I'm just not confident that they're going to be able to do it right. And it's not, and it might not be something I want to put my brand on because I don't, anything I do, I have such high standards. I don't, I can't be, putting my brand on stuff that isn't really good. So I don't know. Think about it. Your, your sup, the suppressor selection matrix for use cases. I mean, in a perfect world, eventually, I think it's a great idea. Thank you. Thank you for, I mean, I, we thought about it already, but thank you for asking the question. That's a great question. Um, here's a good one that was a follow. It, this isn't a follow, but it's very related to it. Uh, discussion earlier uh, question 40 why are subgun cans always high volume i.e why they better for higher rate of fire slash sustained fire um it's probably because of su subsonic rounds um i that it's not the sustained fire that makes the volume important um back pressure is not due necessarily to volume. It's due to flow rate. It's all about the silencer design internally. Um, the the reason 
submachine gun silencers are high volume is because um, most of the, uh, su the the rounds are that are coming out of submachine guns are subsonic nine millimeter. It's the most popular submachine gun round, and so volume helps a lot with subsonic performance. And back in the day, people used silencers as a forward grip on the Max, so um, you know, as God intended. Praise be to Bowers. Amen. <laughs> um, question 41. What is the place of legacy suppressors in today's market? In the market? They aren't in the market if they're legacy, right? If they're not sold anymore? Oh, you know what? No, that's not true. Uh, are you, You're defining legacy as old school designs that are still sold, probably. Okay, my mistake, sir or ma'am. I would say that if something is old school and still sold, then this that probably means it's good. Like, like for example, here's an example. I want a GSL Phoenix, like right now. That's an old Mark 9K, basically, but it's user serviceable. So yeah, I want that. In fact, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call GSL tomorrow and buy one. I don't know why I haven't done that. Why the heck do I not do I not have a Phoenix? And then I'm gonna call HK and get an MP5 or SP5. And then I'll form to it. Whatever. Because I have an MP5 clone that sucks. I want a good one. And then I'm going to be happy. <laughs> be a happy man. Plus, I'll put the GSL Phoenix on my Mac. Rat-a-tat. Clack-clack. Um, yeah. Um, uh, question 42. Topical. Will you be getting a Radian builder kit to show them how cool they could be suppressed? <laughs> Oh, that's messed up to say that. You know what he's saying? Guys, okay, so listen. For the record, that video they posted was completely insane. Um, nobody would ever shoot a gun like that for fun. Like, ever. Like, that's crazy. Like, no, well, they would for fun, but not for, like, for, real, for realsies. That video, look, guys, come on. You gotta be nice. That video was the marketing dudes doing fun stuff because sometimes it's cool to do fun stuff. We all love doing fun stuff. That rifle was so unbelievably overgassed. I can't imagine why anyone would possibly enjoy it. They had a Sandman K on that rifle, and it was gassing them to death. I was like, dude, Sandman K shouldn't do that at all. And they were like, uh, like someone called him out and then tagged me. And then the Radiant people were like, oh, it's um, it's over gas. I mean, it's it's tuned to run, it's tuned to run unsuppressed and suppressed. And everyone was like, uh, but it, there's a Sandman K on there. So why did you tune the gun? Like, if what? Like, it, with the Sandman K, you shouldn't be that overgassed. So that means, like, if you took that Sandman K off of there, they still would have been overgassed. So everyone was like, I don't think that's true. But you know what? That was the marketing dude. Like, he's, they don't know. Like, don't pick on the marketing guys. They don't know what, like, that's, plus, it was just a marketing video. And, okay, and to, and to answer your question, look, Radian makes good stuff. I bought my fiance a builder's kit from Radian for her birthday last year, bro. It's super awesome, and I'm jealous of it, frankly. And I should have bought one for myself, too. I'm an idiot. Why? In, I'm an idiot. Because I could have bought one for myself, and then I could have formed two to, into a machine gun. And now I'm sitting here like a chump without one. So look at me. I'm... I, I mean, that sucks. So will I be getting one? I mean, probably not anymore. Plus, they'll probably hate me now for, like... <laughs> Look, I did, I love Radian. I have a full auto selector sitting right on my desk from them. Radian's amazing. If you're listening, Radian, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, but um, I I do want to form to a Radian 
uh, builder kit. It's pretty cool. All right, let me, okay, we'll hit one more. That, that good question, sir. Um, we'll hit one more question. Question 43, thoughts on all titanium cans for law enforcement officer use? Um, parentheses, semi-auto, full-auto, 8-inch to 16-inch barrels. 8-inch? Eight 8-inch, eight bro. Man, you crazy. All titanium. Yeah. Um, you know, it's going to depend on your firing schedule, sir. I mean, for law enforcement, I mean, let's be real. Send out a full auto 8 to 16 inch. What are you like? Probably like SWAT or something, right? I mean, you're not. This isn't in your patrol car, is it? I mean, I'm just thinking about the use cases. Um, it could be like a patrol rifle, maybe. Um, all titanium? Hmm. I don't know. You know those those uh those CGS silencers, those titanium rifle ones are being used on machine guns. I mean, I, I have one on mine. It's eleven barrel. It's eleven and a half inch barrel. Um, all titanium. Hmm. I think Helios is gonna do do it for you. I think. Um, I don't know. I I keep going back to that Dominus. That's one hundred percent titanium. I haven't used it though. I don't even know if it's quiet or if it's good, but I, it's all titanium. I mean, all titanium. What about like those old Sig silencers? I don't know. It's QD ones. Like what? Are you, what else are your require, your requirements? Like as far as mounting goes, the Helios you can use those modular mounts, so you could do like a chemo. I know that like Leo likes chemo a lot. Uh, I don't know. I, I I'm hesitant to re recommend anything without knowing more, sir. Um, but, um, I can tell you right now that Helios QDTI that's not out yet. I've been hammering that thing on my M16 and, um, it's not the best on flash, but it's not like a normal titanium silencer. So it's going to be less flash than normal titanium silencers would. That is one thing for LEL use. You're, you're, if you're concerned about flash to re like revealing your position at night, you better, you better think about going with something with an internal coating like the boron nitride on the titanium okay because you're going to flash you're going to spark like a like a sparkler without that i promise you that like a rugged rating is going to spark the dominus i don't know i don't know if they've coded it or not i i'm not sure you have to check with them but like if flash is important to you sir and your leo you need to you need to think about that okay Okay, that's a great question. That's a, and I'm glad you asked that, so people can see like there's not just consumers asking questions. There, there are professional uh, gun dudes that use guns to uh, protect themselves. You know, to protect others, to protect themselves, and you know, save lives. So that's like important. I mean, I get messages from soldiers all the time. So LEOs too. I mean, that's. That's a real deal question. So uh, you can always email me, sir, tech at pewscience.com and talk about it, okay? I'd be happy to discuss that with you. Okay, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to go ahead and um, highlight that question in the spreadsheet, just like last time. We're going to leave off on 43. Okay, we answered that. So we've gotten through 43 of your questions so far, guys. And we still have, we're about two-thirds done. So we got a, we got another third to go. Maybe that'll be that'll be the next episode, okay? We'll do another another third, and then we'll call that good. But...
Okay, that th I think that went pretty well. I hope you enjoyed that. Okay, we're gonna move into topic, what are we on now? Topic three. Topic three at a time of one hour, 24 minutes and six seconds. Oh my goodness gracious, we're already an hour and a half in almost. Okay, topic three. New sponsor support for the podcast, Silencer Shop. Look, for real, look, I already did the ad. I already did the ad. And I'm not going to be that guy, and I'm not going to do another ad right now in the middle of the podcast and interrupt it. That's not what I'm doing this. It's not what I want to do. It's not who I am. That's not what this podcast is about. And if this is, what is this? Is this episode 50? I forgot what episode it is. Crap, I just opened up the wrong thing. Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, this is episode 55. Okay, 55 episodes, guys. You know me by now. So um, I'm not I'm not going to do one of those podcasts where it's like... Um, I've listened to some gun podcasts, and like the first 10 minutes are like nonstop ads for stuff you'd never even care about. I'm not into that. I listen to podcasts a lot. I'm a podcast guy. Like I like doing this podcast because I like um, to give you guys information and entertainment, but also because... I'm a podcast person and I've always wanted to do one. I love listening to them. I just think they're cool. And so, cause, cause they're easy to consume. And so I just want you to know that I'm going to preface this. Okay. Now with that being said, um, I do want to, I want to sincerely say something right now. And that's why I added the dedicated topic. Silencer shop sells silencers. Okay, sure. Like that's their business. That's what they do. But what they have done for the NFA world is monumental. For for you folks that don't know, the amount of legwork they do to advance the way you get your heavily regulated stuff is significant. All right. I just want to go on record and say, like, there's a reason why I pursued them as a podcast sponsor. I pursued them. All right. I will never, ever accept sponsorship for this podcast from a company or, or product or service that I don't really believe in. Like I approached them and said, Hey, like uh, you know what I'm doing? Here's, here's what I got. And they're like, yes. And I was like, let's do it. All right. I'm, I'm never going to accept a sponsorship for this podcast that I don't for a, for a product or service. I don't believe in. So this is me telling you, and I'm not telling you, you don't have to use them, but hey, like this, this is like legit. I really do. I use Silencer Shop for my personal transfers um, for real. So I just want to say that I want you guys to know that I shoot straight with you. If you have any questions about this, anything you want me to ask, you want me like you want to ask me something about this, shoot me an email, techabusescience.com. We'll talk about it. Okay. I'll be happy to answer anything you ask me. All right. I always do. And you guys that email me, you know, I answer you. I do not hold back. Okay. Topic four. At a time of one hour. 27 minutes and 20 seconds. Welcome to all the new Pew Science members. Thank you for your support. Look, although it's not an excuse, yes, I have been slacking a little on the welcome emails <laughs> this week. And from the weekend, I'll get to them. And I'm sorry. It's been balls to the walls cra wall crazy. I, I don't. I slept. I have to say, I slept so hard Saturday and Sunday night. 
I'm pretty sure the gravitational pull was enhanced through the bending of space-time. Like, I... Something was crazy the way I slept. I don't even know. I, The tiredness throughout the past couple of weeks all culminating in one of the most challenging test programs I've ever done was enough to knock me out down for the count, man. Thank you for all your support. It means the world. I could not and would not do uh, be doing this without you. You guys make it happen. Pew Science members are the real deal. Respect. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of questions again. There are more to come. There will be. When I, look, when I told you I was going to answer them all, I was serious. Um, so buckle up. We'll hit more next time. Hopefully finish them out. Oh, yeah. By the way, the photo. Yeah, I was going to say the photo I'm going to post with today's episode or tomorrow's episode, Future J will post, um, is going to be a Q Erector on a Beretta 71 assassin gun. No fooling. Um, yeah, that's the gun that's on the Pew Science homepage. Um, in the configuration of the erector shown, uh, that erector, that silencer weighs 2.0 ounces flat. It's like it's it's insane. It's like it's like the silencer's not even there. It doesn't make sense. It's magic. So anyway. All right, guys. Stay safe. Stay safe out there. And I will talk to you folks again soon. Bye.